Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host of the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together, tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from career to community. Today, I am so honored and touched to have my dear friend, and I'm so grateful I can call her a friend, um, and honestly, a mentor in life, Kendall Madsen. Kendall is just an incredible woman, and I'm so grateful that we get to hear her story. She has been on stage on the national television as Miss Utah USA. And now she's at home um, living the most beautiful life with her family. And we're going to get to hear from her, her transition and thought process, which I think everyone's going to glean something from her grace and humility. There's so much about you, Kendall. Thank you so much for being here with us. We just want to invite you to the show and say thank you. Like truly thank you for taking time away from your kids and time away from, I know your especially demanding schedule. Really thank you. And we want to know um, what is your darling kids' favorite meal? Well, everyone has a different favorite. So (laughs) yay for me. My kids are ages six, three, and one. The six-year-old is getting a lot better and less particular, but he will tell you his favorite food is pizza. His daddy cooks wood-fired pizza in our pizza oven. We have like an authentic wood-burning pizza oven. And then my three-year-old is severely special needs, and she is very, very picky and only prefers like three things. Um, So Pediasure is her meal of choice. And then my one-year-old will eat anything we will give her. French fries. (laughs) She's like her meal. Oh my gosh, I love that. It's just so so beautiful. (laughs) French fries. I love it. Me too. Um, We're going to have a moment for our sponsors, and then... Podcast listeners, you're in for a treat. This is going to be a wonderful podcast from going from the national stage to being at home with a severely special needs daughter is quite the transition. And Kendall's going to walk us through how that transition impacted her her life and how to make it through life transitions like that um, and what she's learned from it. And that's something that I'm so grateful to get an insider's view on. So we're going to take a moment for our sponsors and we will be right back with you. Have you ever felt scared swiping your card at a cash register, not knowing if it would be declined or maxed out on your credit limit? Believe me, I've been there holding my breath waiting to check out. Thankfully, all of that fear melted away and turned into confidence when I took a financial literacy course. The PowerPay Money Master course has changed my experience at the cash register from fearful to fearless. The online course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. USU Extension is offering a free Money Master course to all Full Confidence Ahead listeners. Go to extensioncourses.usu.edu slash Powell and add the Money Master course to your cart. The link will give you the $40 course for free. You can also get the course discount by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the Money Master course under the finance category. Use the code KDAnn. K-A-T-I-E-A-N-N with no spaces at checkout to claim your $40 discount and free course. Okay, Kendall, we are back and we are excited to talk to you. So you were Miss US Miss Utah USA. First off, what was that feeling when you were crowned? I just want to know. 
It had been a a dream of mine for years, and I was ready to give up. So the year I finally won was like, fine, I guess I'll do it. And I couldn't even believe that it actually was me. I There's a photo of me like pointing at my crown with just this shocked look on my face because I couldn't even believe it. Honestly, I think it took a few days for it to sink in. But I felt so excited that I finally had accomplished something that I had worked so dang hard for. I mean, I had literally worked my butt off to win that pageant and it finally happened. It was so exciting. We want an insider's view too. How many years did you compete to finally walk away? So this is maybe a little embarrassing actually to admit, but I started competing after my junior year of high school Uh and I won when I was 25. So you do the math because I can't. Um, So I was 17 when I, yeah, 17 to 25. That's a long time. Um, I competed for a few years in the Miss America organization, um, three years. And then um, I competed in the Miss Utah USA pageant for four years. And it was, you know, a very long, long journey of self-discovery. And then it finally just went my way one year. (laughs) That's all I can say is it just finally went my way. You know, I think went your way, but you also have to put in that you had just shy of a decade of really hard work. And knowing you and your character, you put your your heart and soul into the preparing. Um, and what a beautiful thing that the stars finally aligned and it happened. It happened. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it really happened, I think, when I was ready and I was confident enough and secure enough in who I was to be able to tackle a national pageant. And mm-hmm. so I was really grateful to have that experience under my belt. Before we talk about the transition into from from pageants into having a family and specifically a, a daughter with severely special needs, I want to know too, what was it like on a national stage? Like, was that so scary? Was that fun? What was it like? So thinking back, uh, they kept kept us so busy and sleep deprived. And obviously <laughs> we're a bit starving because we were all trying to look like picture perfect in our swimsuits. So I don't think like mentally my brain had caught up to me until I stepped on the stage for preliminaries. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm competing at Miss USA. So it probably wasn't like the right time for the nerve to kick in because it just like, it really was an out of body experience. It took my mind up until that point to really realize that I was living a dream that I had, I had visualized for years and years and worked so hard to accomplish. And I think at that point, like my gratitude and my ability to live in the moment took over the nerves because I just want, had wanted it so badly and had worked so hard that I felt prepared. And I was just honestly so grateful. Pageants are so uh, finicky. Like you just kind of don't ever know who's going to win. And the girl that you may think is the most deserving usually doesn't win. You just never know. So I just kind of remembered that in that moment. And I was like, just make the most of this because you're never going to get this moment back. And I'm really glad that thought process took over. 
That is just a beautiful thought process. You know, you, you can apply that to having a stressful interview, applying to grad school. There's so many circumstances that that I I want to have that same feeling of just gratitude coming over me in those big moments of life because they they pop up here and there and that's so beautiful. I think I'm just trying to imagine I'm like a national stage this is getting televised. You have thousands, millions of eyes on you and yeah, I can imagine the nerves setting in when you're going into the preliminaries. Uh, that's quite, <clears throat> excuse me, that's quite the the journey right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, what I'm really excited to talk about is um, the life transition that you had is from this this national stage into having this beautiful special needs daughter and that that transition what was that like for you? This is a completely unprepared moment that just happened into your life. Um, and to see you become a mother and how much grace and, and beauty has just flown out of you and so different worlds, right? Going from competing on a swimsuit on stage. Right. It's like, literally, I cannot think of probably more extremes. So talk to us about this transition. Honestly, I think life experiences that led up to the birth of my daughter uh, really set me up to thrive. And Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful that I've had trials. I'm really grateful that I've had setbacks. I'm really grateful that the word perfection was sort of beat out of me because um, I tend to have like a very perfectionist mindset and I want everything to look a certain way, be a certain way. My kids were going to like behave a certain way and do certain, you know, I just like had this like idea of what my perfect little family was going to look like. And so when she came, I was, it, it took time to process what, uh, what our life was going to look like from that moment forward. And I'm still processing it because we don't have an outcome. We don't know her outcome. Uh, My daughter was born with severe hydrocephalus and they call it the snowflake disorder or disease. It's not a disease, but like a snowflake. It's like a snowflake Mm -hmm. in the sense that it impacts every child dramatically differently. And so are dramatically different. And, um, We just like didn't know what, how it was going to impact her. And, you know, as she's growing and learning and thriving and becoming who she is, we're starting to understand how it's impacted her. And quite frankly, it's impacted her much more severely than I thought it would when she was born. And that's been really, really tough. Um, Gosh, it's, it's hard to explain the transition and and what takes place. But I think, I think the only way to put it is pageantry. And I don't mean this negatively, but it's a very selfish pursuit. It's all about yourself. And I mean, there's platforms and you're representing a wonderful cause usually, and your heart and your passion and your soul can can go towards helping others. And ultimately you really do want to inspire women and children and, you know, make the world a better place. That's not a lie. That's not, I'm not discrediting any of that, but the pursuit of winning a pageant is 
kind of selfish. It's about you. It's about your look. It's about your talents. It's about your interview, what you're wearing, how you feel, your success. It's all about your success. And you know, fast forward 10 years, it's actually been 10 years since I've competed in Miss USA, um, this June. And, uh, my success is now defined by all, uh, all unselfish acts, which is such an interesting, you know, way of living a life. Um, my success is when my daughter has a good day at school or she is working on some sort of a task in physical therapy for months and months and months and finally figures it out. Or with my son, you know, because I have two other kids, my little girl Monroe, who's our special needs daughter. She's the light of our lives, but she's not our only child. And so I just, I, I think it's just interesting how that mindset shift has happened where, um, like I spend my whole day helping them achieve goals, helping Monroe tackle things that typical developing kids, you know, kind of are born to do like walk and talk and eat and breathe and sit and stand and dance and all those things. And everything has not come easy for our sweet Monroe. And when I say everything, I mean everything. So, um, yeah, I would say that that's probably been the biggest transition is that I'm like devoting myself to her success. And so therefore that's my success and it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with her accomplishment. And it's quite fulfilling when she, when she achieved something. I have so many questions that came in my head off of, off of your thoughts and response that, that are so humbling to me, but I first want you to paint a picture for our podcast listeners of what a day of care for Monroe looks like. Cause I, cause I know you were talking to us in a group once and you said how many specialists she had. And I was stunned. I, I was just stunned. So just kind of walk us through what being a mother looks like with you, your other kids and specifically her. Cause I didn't realize how much attention and care that you are giving her 24 hours a day. I mean, she's still a toddler and mm-hmm. toddlers require a lot of attention. So, I mean, we can't forget that fact. A three and a half year old is not necessarily independent. They require mommy a lot, but she specifically, um, she's nonverbal and she does not walk on her own. Uh, so any time she can move from point A to point B by herself by crawling, scooting. She can climb the stairs. She can pull the stand and cruise furniture. So she can get around to kind of get where she would like to be, but it's not necessarily where I want her to be. So it usually like requires us going in and um, administering her, her medication. She's on anti-seizure medication. Um And then she struggles with severe oral aversion. So she's working with a feeding therapist um, to help her kind of overcome that. So she drinks and takes most of her calories through a bottle. And so it's giving her her bottle and letting her play with the toys and then carrying her 
maybe from upstairs, downstairs to play with more toys. And then we usually have a private therapy session at home with either an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, a speech therapist, or a feeding therapist. Um, So those are private therapies that we have pursued on our own. And then it's getting her ready, hair done, dressed, changed, all set up to go to school. Um, We get to put her in her little wheelchair and she gets to go on the bus. The bus picks her up from our house and it's just kind of an ordeal to get her on the bus, but she loves the bus. And then she goes to school and usually at school, she's receiving some sort of a therapy at school. She's in speech, occupational therapy, um, physical therapy, vision, hearing, and um, I think that's it. (laughs) I'm sure I've forgotten something. And so in her um, individualized education plan, which is called an IEP, she receives a bunch of therapies at school also. And then she comes home from the bus. The bus drops her off at home. Sometimes we'll have an appointment after school, but she's usually really tired. And then it's usually working on something that therapy has asked us to do or encouraged us to do at home, like some some um, tactile um, activities to help with some of her sensory issues or some feeding things to help with some of her oral aversion issues. Um, and then it's just kind of like the typical toddler bedtime routine, you know, bath, bottle, and bed. And so, I mean, in a lot of ways, I have, I also have an 18 month old. They're very similar. <laughs> I sometimes feel like I have twins, <laughs> but you know, um, yeah, she's, she's very high maintenance. She's quite the little princess, but it's worth it. I mean, I'm such an advocate of therapy and getting, getting early, sorry, early intervention services for your children. Yeah, I I remember when I I was first hearing about all the therapy she's going through and how much how hands on you are with her. I I didn't even realize the scope of amazing help that's out there. Um and then also how much you are doing to help not not only pursuing certain types of therapy but being with there because I know pursuing therapy also means that you're at home with them as well, like implementing the therapy. Like you said, you come home and you're, you're doing exercises or whatnot, or, um, that's a huge, not only financial, but emotional investment and time investment that you have with her. And I I think your answer earlier about transitions was so beautiful and interesting. And you're right. You go from pageants, which is very focused on, on you to this life with a severely special needs daughter that is I, truly like a hundred percent of your time is not yours anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just swung. And I, I, I'm just curious as your definition of success has changed from, from your own individual accomplishments to now your children, both your little boy and your 18 month old and, and Monroe, um, their happiness. Have you felt a difference in, your perspective of happiness or your happiness level or your satisfaction of life? Yeah. And I think I'll take it back to like my definition of success because really I don't really care about success anymore from like a 
personal standpoint, I care if my children are happy. And mm-hmm. um, I will say that our Monroe is our happiest child. I mean, our Maddox, he's six. He is pretty much the most perfect child. And I don't say that biased. He's just like such a good, great, happy kid. But I do believe that our Monroe will be our happiest child for mm-hmm. life. And um, I really feel like that watching her and her joy in the simplest things is what has changed uh, my perception of, of true happiness and satisfaction in life because before I measured it based off personal successes or, you know, if we were accomplishing certain goals, if we were um, meeting certain expectations we had for ourselves, or like if I was helping my children meet certain milestones at the appropriate age and, and, you know, making the baskets in the basketball game and being the kid, the star of the soccer team. And I put a lot of emphasis on, you know, making sure I was providing my, my family, with every opportunity, but Monroe has really kicked that out of me, like beat it out of us. Um, And in the most beautiful way, my expectation of life is how can I make my child happy and how, and because of that, it's, it's changed my perspective on what actually makes me happy. And I'm realizing that these expectations of myself and these, you know, while goals and, and, and things to like look forward to and pursue can keep your life on course and can, you know, can really benefit your life. It's not what's brought me the most joy. And oh. I think Monroe's really responsible for that, that shift in my perspective. That is such a beautiful perspective for someone who isn't having as drastic of a life-changing experience in their life, how can I implement that perspective into my life? Like what are small things that either Monroe does or you do that molded you into that perspective of success? I think learning to let go has been critical. And I think that that's universally applicable learn to let go of things that don't matter because that is ultimately what what decreases your happiness level. Hmm. So for me, um, I would spend the hour or two hours helping Monroe in therapy, but I'd have to let my house go. Or for me, I would have to um, work towards a milestone like Monroe rolling over for months and months and months and let go of the fact that my child wasn't super advanced. So it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't happy anyway. It was that I started learning how to let go of the things that were making me unhappy. And I feel like that's the perspective shift. Like why are you wasting time and energy on stupid things that don't bring you joy. And I really think I'm, I'm still learning this. I'm not perfect at it. I still get in my own way a lot of the times and there, this is like a lifelong, this is a marathon that we're running with, with our little girl and I'm still learning it. But I really do think that the more I put into practice of letting things go that take away from my happiness, Hmm. 
that's when I've, I'm the happiest for sure. That's so profound. How did you start noticing what things, because I, I don't even know if I'm aware enough in my day to be like, oh yeah, this activity or this, this thing I'm engaging in or this relationship is making me happy versus not. How did you create that awareness? Um, I mean, I think it's been like a slow burn for sure. And like just something that's taken a lot of time and interest. I have had to be really introspective to, to figure that out. Um, Monroe was in the hospital for three months, 18 months ago. Well, when my daughter Scarlett was born, she, um, she, um, had a surgery that went bad. It did not go right. And then she contracted bacterial meningitis from that surgery. And she was in the hospital for three months. And in that time I delivered our youngest daughter, um, Scarlett, and she was in the NICU um, because she was premature. And at that time, Monroe was going from the PICU to the neurotrauma unit to the PICU to the neurotrauma unit. She was getting worse before she was getting better. Meanwhile, I'm recovering from a C-section that was pretty gnarly. And I think at that point, I had to like really come to a conclusion that I could be completely miserable through this experience because I had every right to be, or I could learn from it, find ways to find joy and let go of the things that weren't going my way. Like I didn't get the hospital pictures with my fresh baby. I didn't get the pictures of my family meeting their new baby sister at home because my baby was in the PICU. My other baby was in primary children's. I didn't get so many of these things and it broke me and I was crushed and it was awful and heartbreaking. And those are like the, the silly things that, that I didn't get to do during that period of time. And I think by learning to let go of some of that, it really, it, 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 that's what I think when I started to realize, like, I'm getting in the way of my own happiness. Like, who's who's to say that that's what would bring you joy if you even got that picture, you know? So um, I don't know. I think it really comes back to just being very self-aware of of why you're having a bad day or what's been causing you to be frustrated for a long period of time and just kind of taking ownership of your own happiness. Hmm. Kendall, you have some of, I, I love just sitting here and listening to you talk. It's so incredible to hear your stories. And I feel like you're talking to me at this very applicable level that I, I'm not experienced a daughter with severe special needs, but I can have, I can recognize the things that are taking, I taking away from my joy and I can put other people in front of my own hat in front of my own happiness and seeking for someone else's happiness. Um, and I'm just touched and humbled by your story of how many challenges and how your thought process has completely changed through, through this transition and how you've embraced the change. And I want to ask you as we're wrapping up the question that we always ask on our podcast, and what is one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence? 
I've mulled this over and I still don't feel like I can come up with like one answer, but maybe I'll just touch on kind of what we were talking about at the end, that perfection doesn't provide happiness and perfection also doesn't create a confident person. My younger self really spent a lot of time trying to be perfect and win the pageant so to speak. I wanted to be perfect in every sense of the word and in every category. And if I could go back and tell that girl to chill out and not focus on perfection, um, because that ultimately wouldn't bring pure happiness and confidence, I really do think some of these life lessons that I've had to learn would have been learned a little bit easier, a little more smoothly, and probably a lot sooner. Hmm. That is so beautiful, that letting go um, and your discussion of perfection. I think we all need that message just about every day in this crazy world where social media is um, wiring our brains differently and almost requiring perfection out of us. Um, letting that go and thinking of others is the most beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful that you shared with us today. And I just want to let our podcast listeners know. So a little insight of why I know Kendall. Um, so I was competing many moons ago, actually about, we're almost about a decade ago. I met you, Kendall. So about a decade ago, Kendall was helping me with my, um, just like body gestures and how to present yourself on stage. Cause she is a master at that and how to brand yourself through not your, only your words, but through, through how you present yourself, which is a big part. So she was mentoring and coaching me through that. And then um, through her life story, I feel like your life story has been a mentorship for me as well, just watching you grow into this beautiful mother. Um, and then we've reconnected in our adult life now. And we're part of Hype Professional Development, which is Heighten Your Professional Experience, where Kendall is back mentoring again um, and teaching us again how to be your authentic self through body language and through the power of, of gestures and the power of presence. And that's really what you taught me. And now I'm so grateful that you're teaching other people that so you can connect. We do workshops. Um, Kendall's on the, the power of power of presence side. And then I get to be on communication side. We're with two other incredible women who help with branding and finding your core values and being your authentic, true self. And we do ro rotational workshops every few months. And you can find us on Instagram at hype, which is H-Y-P, which stands for Heighten Your Professional Experience, underscore professional, underscore development on Instagram. And that's our main base. So that's hype professional development. And you'll find us and be able to connect with Kendall again. And she gives advice there and coaching and just has many beautiful things, not only from her life story, but also helping you um, encapsulate this power of presence, which is truly what she did for me and what she's done for other people. But Kendall, we are so grateful that you've taken the time away. Um, you don't even have time for yourself in the day. And the fact that you've taken 30 minutes to be with us, truly thank you. Thank you so, so much. Absolutely. I'm glad that I could be here. Thanks for inviting me. After every episode, I'm amazed at what each of our guests have accomplished in their lives. They inspire me to go for my dreams and seize opportunities. The reality of life is that every opportunity and dream has a financial implication. 
and knowing how to manage and grow your money will not only help you achieve your goals, but also get to them faster. Utah Money Moms has been a resource for me to learn how to better manage my money and turn my dreams into reality. Their website is full of interactive material to engage all learning styles. My favorite resource is their free monthly webinars where I can listen and have my questions answered by financial counselors and educators. Head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or Utah Money Moms on Instagram to access free empowering material. Again, that is utahmoneymoms.com or Utah Money Moms on Instagram. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.